Yeah, yeah, let's go. I ain't the first with the curse, with the thirst that I wanna be better, not worse. Man, it hurts. I'm on this earth with my words, and I put them all together in cert, cause I wanna have worth. Working hella hard till they put me in the dirt. Gonna go far, man, listen to my words. Gonna be a star, man, life's like a blur. When you're working this hard, yeah, you get what you deserve. Yeah, I ain't taking a backseat, I'm passing. And anybody else who is rapping, I'm nasty. Ain't nobody able to catch me, they gasping. They cannot compare, they can't match me, I'm at half speed. I got your girl and she Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Strong Stars. We're on episode 26. Before we get started today, we want to do a few announcements. Uh, Kitsune, the new Joshi promotion, American Joshi promotion that is starting up, having their first show on October 22nd. They have announced more Joshi talent that are going to be at the show. We have uh, Haruko Umasaki was announced. Uh, Masha Slamovich was also announced. Rina Amikura will be making her U.S. debut as well. And the big one, two members of the Marvelous roster, well, one from TRX, one from Marvelous, Maria from Marvelous, along with her tag team partner, Rico Kawahata, collectively known as Magenta, will be making their Southern California debut on October 22nd at Kitsune Pro. And today I'm joined by a man that does a uh, monthly roundup of Gombro, Gombro, Ganjo, Today I'm joined by Javi. How you doing? Good. This, this your boy Xavi. I I make a I make a bunch of different content. Honestly, I don't keep up anymore. But uh, basically, the consistent thing I've done this year is a monthly Gone Pro Roundup uh, podcast with uh, two of my friends, Maddie and Mask, where we watch literally every Gone Pro show that happens within a month and basically just cover it from top to bottom and tell you what's good what's not what you know what to expect we preview the big shows um then i'm trying to think is there anything consistent other than that content wise that i've done this year other than that it's just uh whenever i feel like writing i'll you know get stuff done but but other, the only consistent thing i've done this year has been the uh gone pro monthly roundup just because i've been busy that and my uh, podcast host leg is like into smithereens because she fucking fucked that shit up at wrestling practice. So I have no reason to record weekly. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. But yeah, thank you for joining me. But today we're going to be talking about GOMPRO Russell Seki Gahara 2, which took place on the 9th, mm -hmm. July 9th at Otaward, right? Or Otaku. Yeah, it's the same thing. So I mean, yeah. close enough. Yes, the second year in a row that they are at Oda Ward. Um, last year was their debut, um, which was a big deal because it was their, you know, very, very, very first um, Oda Ward show. Uh, this year, it looks like they're just going to keep up with it being a yearly thing, which is good. Although this year was down from last year, which kind of sucks because this year's show was way better than last year's. Although, like, from a logistic standpoint, I, I get it because they they had Mizu last year. So there's not any, like, guests that they added this year that were on the same popularity caliber as Mizu. So, you know. Yeah. And then last year, too, was when Yappy came back, right? She announced her return. She was going to be joining the Ganjo yeah. roster. Yeah, that was literally one year ago at Oda Ward at Seki Gahara. Before the show started, uh, she was just announced that she was returning to pro wrestling and um, that she was going to be joining the Ganjo roster. So it was a basically a one-year return anniversary, even though her official comeback match or re-debut was in December. Yeah, it's good It's good to see. Like, she's been, um, her with, along with Yuri, they've been kind of spearheading the Ganjo part of Gombari Pro. Yes. Uh, well, basically, the original Ganjo core necessarily was Yuna... Harakaze and Mocha mm -hmm. uh, and basically anybody else they would bring in because they did Ganjo shows before in the past however it was a completely different style shows than it is now they would have like a bunch of different outside guests like and a lot bigger names than they have on a you know this recent go around they've kind of you know not want to say gotten people under the radar but uh, the first go around they had like most of the big name freelancers like it's Aoki, Asuka, and Makoto, who are Asuka and Makoto are on the upcoming Ganjo shows, but they were on, you know, a lot of the uh, previous ones whenever they first started. Um, and basically, the original 
you know, idea of Ganjo was Unamonase joined Ganjo or uh, Gonpro after leaving TJPW. Uh, she found a new home and then basically she started up this branch, uh, which is technically supposed to be separate from Gonpro, but it never really is. It's all the same thing. I was going to say, like, they they normally are just on, like, Gonbare shows. Yeah, and that's how how it was for a little while. Um, but so basically the Ganjo shows got discontinued for a little bit. There was really no reason why they just kind of stopped. Um, but I think it was literally in December of last year where they announced that they were going to reboot them, you know, and uh, they had brought in, I think it was a former executive that worked for Ice Ribbon to kind of be the head of things. Uh, and uh, Yuna took over GM roles because she got hurt. Uh, so they were already behind the eight ball, so to speak, whenever this Ganjo relaunch got started because they're missing their top wrestler as far as from the Ganjo side, uh, the Ganjo Ace, respectively, and Yuna Manase. And then not only that, but literally not like I think it was probably like the second Ganjo show back. Uh, Mocha announced that she was going to take time away to go to, you know, donate a kidney to her sister. So right off the bat, they were kind of, you know, behind the eight ball because at this point when Ganjo relaunched, Yuri and Yappi hadn't t- taken that climb yet. They were still, you know, losing every show, uh, trying to, you know, earn their, you know, earn their keep, so to speak. Uh, but literally since the relaunch, both of those two have really earn their place as far as the top names in uh Gancho. While Yapi hasn't had the same level of success that Yuri has, they both took tremendous leaps from where they were when the whole relaunch started. Uh Yuri probably gained the most out of it, but uh, I argue although Yapi hasn't had a signature win yet, she has definitely improved her stock a lot. Uh being able to take on a bigger position with both, you know, Yuna and Mocha gone and even so Harakazi doesn't work a lot of the Ganjo shows, which is odd. So it's really like this new Ganjo generation of those two and Riara have been getting all the spotlight. So it's been it's been fun and interesting to see. Yeah, because um, a few of the Gon, uh, a few of the JTO girls have been picking guests on their shows. Yes, uh, I think there's been a JTO person on like every show. Yeah, and then if I'm not mistaken, Yuri's also a JTO transplant, right? And she came over from that promotion. Yes. Uh, she debuted during the pandemic, and then she left JTO and came to uh, Gone Pro. She was actually the first. I don't know how to write this. So Harakaze, Yuna, and Mocha all started working Gone Pro before Ganjo was even a thing. So she was technically like the first actual Ganjo signing in like Yuna's first project. Uh, she was the first person that Yuna got to come aboard Ganjo and like you know scouted out. Uh, so. Yeah, she came over, like, I want to say it was 2021, maybe? I don't know. Don't quote me on that. But, but she left JTL relatively quickly uh, after her debut. Yeah, because what it earlier this year, they had, like, the big Ganjo restart show, and then the main event was Yuri versus Yapi, right? Yes. It was, a, it was kind of a symbolic thing. Yeah, definitely. And then on the other side... Going into the show, the current Spirit of Gonbury champion was uh, Mitsuki Watase, uh, who moved over from DDT, correct? Uh, correct. Um, basically, it was just kind of a, you know, like a quiet thing that happened through the night. Well, not so quiet if you're like in the realm of DDT and uh, Cyber Fight. Um, he just kind of, he had just come back from injury not too long before he made the move. Uh this is back when, uh, if DDT fans are hearing this, this is back when Juden Retsu was a stable and he was a part of that. It was just Akiyama's group of young guys and Makoto Oishi because he loves Makoto Oishi. Um, and basically, like, before his injury, he had had this feud with Yusuke Okada where they just didn't see eye to eye. But then, like, as the feud was starting to get kicked off, he got hurt. And when he came back, they just, like, didn't really pick back up on it. And, like, I guess Watase just needed to step out and find some place where he can be himself and that's where his transfer to Gompro came about and it it's an investment for not only him but also Gompro that has really really paid off uh you could argue that 
since he won the title back in December, he's really carried the company on his back uh, during a time where there was a lot more questions than answers because, like, Yusaki left in uh, December, and it was just like, oh, oh, well, he was supposed to be the next champ, so where do we go from here? And he's done a great job of carrying the company this year, so it's going to be so depressing when we talk about the main event. But Yeah, we'll, we'll get there in a little bit. But as well, too, Hartley Jackson... And Harukaze, uh-huh. there who are firmly planted in the tag division. Hartley was is a former Spirit of Gunbury champion, and he had a really good feud with Yuna Monase, where she was trying to, I wouldn't say inject, but she was trying to show him the Spirit of Gunbury. Yes, basically. Um, Hartley's storyline was weird because they like it started as an outsider where he wanted to kill the heart of Gunbury uh, because he's a former Zero One guy, and he would always hear Otani talk about uh, the heart that uh gumbari pro wrestling has and his whole thing was this big hill outsider where he's going to kill the uh heart of gumbari uh and then after he won the title he just like totally forgot the storyline <laughs> so <laughs> so it was weird but i mean it, it it's made sense that he's took this path and you know has basically just become a part of the family so that's cool it's yeah he's he's definitely a fan favorite most people that i've talked oh, yeah. to about gumbari um, they like Hartley Jackson. So. Oh yeah, he's. I if, hmm, I would argue he's probably at least top three as far as four uh, foreign wrestlers in Japan goes. Yeah, he's like so good. He's like one of the very few uh, powerhouses in that are uh, foreigners that go to Japan. He's one of like the rare few that actually understand how to be a good powerhouse wrestler not just vader number two <laughs> <laughs> he's um new Z- from new zealand right or australia 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 okay i was having a hard time like i was listening to him talk i was like I'm trying to guess it's one of the two but yeah let's uh move over to the show i did like how the show started and every they, when they did the rundown for the card everything was accompanied by a vtr Yes, it was nice. They did this last year. I didn't know if they would do it this year, but uh, they did. I, I liked it. Yeah, and then the first match was their Gam Pro's big Ricky, uh, Munitatsu Nakamura taking on Masahiro Takanishi. Yeah, you see, if you guys have listened to the, if well, I mean, I, I mean, I'm just assuming that none of you know who I am, but uh, if you've heard any of the. Uh, gone pro monthly roundups that we've done this year uh for months i have been fighting tooth and nail to try and wheel hiroshima in as mune's opponent for this show and it just didn't work it it just didn't um so so the thing about this match is i like masahiro takanashi more than most people and even then, this match didn't really do it for me. Uh, I thought Mune got a. I thought he gave Mune a lot of shine, uh, which was good. But like, uh, it it just felt off. Uh, it's just the styles clash was you know prevalent. Uh, Masa, of course, is a uh, Ultimate Dragon Gym guy, so he's deeply enrooted in that uh, technical wrestling style, uh, the Yave like influences and all that. And it just worked really weird here especially when mune was trying to make comebacks and he would like cut him off with some like attempt at a like innovative hold that just didn't pan out um so it, it just didn't work for me uh but you know i i tend to enjoy masa more than most people but i i just was just like uh that's kind of eh. uh if you you know you got people viewing the show for the first time want to sell them on our big rookie who's been great this year i don't think this necessarily did that <laughs> Although Mune did do um, just a crazy like double jump to the top, tope like uh, well, what he did was he jumped up to the top, he faked, and then he jumped down, jumped back up, and then dove to the outside, which was crazy. When he when he uh, when he hesitated the first time, I was like he for that split second he thought he was a Manama Toyota. I thought that he messed up, but I think he just meant to pump fake. So yeah. his uh. His gear, it took me, I was trying to like think like what it reminded me of. And it reminded me of like the uh, FWC gear when they have their green and white. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's a good comparison. It does look like Koguma's FWC gear when they wear their green and white. I yeah. thought he was going to get new gear for the show, but you know, yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, and then like he tried to roll up uh, Masa, but he, uh, Masa rolled up his roll up basically. 
that's how it ended up. Oh uh, yeah. Well, Mune's sneak pin, his sneak trap pin is like really, really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know how to explain it. He just like kind of like tucks him, tuck he like he's on the floor and he reaches up and he grabs his opponent's head and like tucks him into a roll up. Uh, and he did that here, but you know, th- of course, that didn't finish the match. But Masa won with this like very convoluted roll up that just didn't really look too good. So it was um. So it just came across weird. Yeah, and then yeah, Muni Tati, you can see the potential here, but he still has a long way to go. Hopefully. I don't even think it's that. It's just the caliber of opponent here really failed him and doesn't mm. didn't do justice for what he's done this year. Uh especially not in this past month. Him and Watase had a singles match uh that is really, really good and showed how good he is. Uh so if anybody's listening to that and watched that match and didn't really think much of it i advise you to watch that match because yeah it's definitely on the opponent here just to give a little more insight on mune how long has he been wrestling uh december December. Uh, he debuted on the uh, same cork and that had iwasaki's last gone pro match and uh watase winning the title oh okay so he's still very much new not even six months in or just yeah. just over six months in, I would say. Yeah, right. just over six months. Yeah, and then the the next match, which surprised it was this early, but it was the one of the Joshi tag matches: Tomoka Inaba and Yuri taking on the marvelous team of Mia Momono and Takumiya Roja. It was weird placement for this match, but I thought it was fine because even because like it's hard to expect fans to sit through this entire show just to get to this tag match. Mm-hmm. Uh, so making it go on early is pretty pretty smart because the show started at a good time compared to most uh shows on Russell Universe. Um and so it was still pretty early, so people were probably around to watch. So I I, I like the idea how they put it here with this being the second match. Um allowed people to tune in early and do this match basically did what I wanted it to do, what Gonpro wanted to do, what was it? what it was expected to do and that was to get more eyes on yuri and get people you know uh acclimated with her and it did that and then some it was a fantastic match it was very close to being my match of the night um i think i just put it second um but it it was very very good i couldn't be more proud of this match everybody in this match did literally their best like nobody phoned it in inaba brought everything uh takumi brought everything mio brought everything yuri was the star of the match which you couldn't have asked for a better outcome than that is yuri being the star of the match because she's taken such great leaps this year and i you know i'll like once we get to the end of the year i can't wait to just dissect how her whole year has been just because She's essentially been the one to rise into the Ganjo ace role, and she's did that not on a whim. She's earned that because she's just been so good. She sharpened her kick. She's added some new stuff to her arsenal. She was just tremendous in this match, and like she got me on so many different situations where I thought she was going to pin Takumi and or Mio. So it, it was really, really fun. Um, this match is actually happening because Yuri requested it because Takumi and Inaba are idols of her, but not only that, wanted to prove to Inaba that her decision to leave JTO was the right decision uh, to come to Gone Pro, and she also just had interest in the 3AW singles title noting beforehand, like a few weeks in advance, that if she can get a win over Mio, she can, you know, call her shot and name herself as the next challenger, and of course, you know, that didn't happen, but uh, it was a nice little layer to the match. It was good. I was good. I was just gonna ask you about that, too, about her teaming with Inaba, you know, the whole JTO connection there. Yes. And yeah, she's one of our idols. So. And I think, uh, if I remember correctly, Inaba actually had Yuri's like second ever match, second ever singles. It's cool to see them reconnect here. And then I know that Yuri, same thing with uh, Araho too, is one of her idols. And then Mio, uh, on Twitter during for the match, she was telling Yuri like. Yeah, you want a match with Aroha, but you know I'm the ace now. Like, come, come see me. I'm the champion. Yeah, and and yeah, Godpro did a great job of letting us know that by having her come out to Takumi Aroha's theme and get announced second. <laughs> <laughs> Takumi get announced second, so <laughs> couldn't be more of a what's a what's a good what's a good comparison I can draw. It's like 
Hmm. How do I draw this? It's it's like when that period in um shit. I don't know. I don't know what's a good comparison to draw here. I guess I guess the most like correct comparison I can give is like whenever Naito was at his peak and everybody just wanted him to be the world champion. So whenever anybody else won the world title, it was just like, ah, oh, crazy. Or like, no, or when he was, I guess the better, you know, I guess the better comparison, if I'm going to use Naito, is whenever he was like Intercontinental Champion, he would just be way more popular than whoever was fighting for the heavyweight title. So, like uh, the year that uh, Kenny and Okada had their first match at uh, the Tokyo Dome and like, it, Naito would have allowed a fan vote to happen. Him and Tanahashi totally would have main evented, but he was just like, "Nah, I'm not letting that happen." I guess that's, I guess that's the, guess the best way I can uh, describe. It's just Uroha. She's just the forever ace, and it sucks that no matter all that, like all the effort that Mio has put into, and all the great performances she's had this year, and even her being the singles champion just hasn't allowed her to escape that shadow quite yet. Yeah, she's still firmly planted in Takumi Shadow. And it's really no fault of her own, like you're saying. But it's like, it's like she's the single champion. Yeah. But, and then, you know, Takumi's the tag champion, but she's still build higher. Yeah. Like, also watching this, it just, uh, Mio has a defense against Mayumi Ozaki coming up. And I just, it just couldn't be more prevalent to me that Ozaki's going to beat her for the belt and Takumi's going to get it back. (laughs) It's just, Oh you my know, god! Just to get this, yeah. yeah, just to go roundabout with it. Um, but speaking of Yeri, leading up to this match, she pinned the current Ice Cross Trinity Champion Totoro and set up herself as the number one contender in Ice Ribbon. Yeah, and I hope she wins it. I'm sorry to Ice Ribbon fans, but uh, we need that belt, brother. Yeah. And after this match, I see no reason why she shouldn't be Totoro. Uh, I mean, I guess, I mean, I guess from an Ice Ribbon fan standpoint, because I'm going to have this very same gripe uh, later on is don't you don't want an outsider holding your world title if there's no purpose behind it. However, there is a purpose, and it's that I would like Yuri to have a belt. That's yeah. no purpose. And, and she'll probably bring Ancham with her more, so we'll get to see more Ancham as well. Oh, uh, yeah, I, I expect Ancham to be more of a regular in the next coming year, year or so. Of course, like, I mean. We can't sign her because she's signed to a, a small fed, but uh, I expect to see her more in the next coming year. Yeah, and then um, in here, too, in the match, they waited for us to get Yuri because she had to get the big hot tag. Oh, yeah. Like I said, I don't know if there's anything I could change about this match because literally, I think the, like, especially with the Ganjo matches that are on this card, there was only, like, one result where I was just kind of like, dang, that's kind of disappointing. Crazy. Um, because like in this one, although I would have liked for Yuri to get the win, she didn't need to win, like, she just needed to do what she did here and have a good performance. Definitely, so it's like literally, there's nothing I could possibly change about this match, yeah. And then even the finish, too, like, it's going to be poetic when Yuri finally does beat Aroha because they have the same finish of the swan. That's probably like. That's probably never going to happen, but I like your wishful thinking, and I think we <laughs> I should keep that. It doesn't have to be in a singles match, but I'm saying, like, you know, maybe a tag. But if she ever does, they have the same finisher, and Yuri missed it here, but Takumi hit it. Yeah, and she's been working on her swanton a lot this year. Uh, she literally hit it flush for the first time on the last Ganjo show, I think it was. It was either the last Ganjo show or, no, it was a show after the Ganjo show because they lost to Team JTO at the Ganjo show. Uh, Cause literally every time before now, like she has just missed the Swanton or greatly over jumped. Yeah. Cause I remember at the restart show, she cleared Yappy. Yeah. I was like, yo, appreciate the effort, but tighten up a little bit. It's okay. I mean, like I said, it, you know, she's working hard to refine it. So it'll eventually be really good. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, she had brand new gear for this one. She looks she has like black chaps. It it really fits her. Like I think I like the gear. Oh yeah, this gear was incredible. It was immaculate. Yeah. I uh, posted Yuri ten out of ten gear and like she liked it. I was like, yeah, at least she knows. Yeah. I like the gear because like it no, not only does it look good this as as standalone, but it also looks really good in motion too. While she's wrestling. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, let's move it over to uh Riara, the Ganjo rookie, taking on Unagi Sayaka. Yeah, so here's the thing. Um, 
I really do not like watching United Sayaka wrestle. <laughs> um, uh, I mean, uh, you know, like I said, I'm coming here with the idea that nobody knows who I am, so I'll just give a little reason why so nobody thinks I'm a hater, because, like, that's, that's not true. I, I think Nagi's funny, by the way, but um, she just has... She's not good. <laughs> and she had, like, she was starting to get good at the end of her stardom run, and, like, when she went freelance, it looked like she could definitely change the game by getting really good. But she just did not put in any effort to try to get better. It's just weird. This is this is weird, and it bothered me. Um, but, um... I also had a problem with her being on this show and facing Riara. Uh, I said it whenever we did the uh, preview for the show. I said that if Unagi was in any other match, I probably wouldn't have an issue with it. It's just that Riara literally debuted in May, and she's had less than 10 matches. And her facing Unagi, who's not a strong worker by any means, or you know, adapt enough to where she can make Riara look better than she actually is, it's just setting up Riara for failure. <laughs> Since it, it just, I thought it was a bad decision. I was hoping she'd got somebody who was either A, a better worker, or B, just someone more seasoned that could work around her weaknesses. And, you know, uh, my concerns shine through here. Although I do think this is one of Riara's best performances to date because everything she did looked a lot better than it has on uh, the recent shows that I watched. Uh, so that's promising. Yeah, it's the uh, same kind I... of... Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, no, go ahead. That's fine. No, I was going to say, like, uh, same kind of thing. Uh, her previous opponent, Riara, was Haruka Umasaki, and that's just not the kind of opponent she needs. Yeah, that was another one. Uh, that's another one where I complained, where I was just like, she's just not strong enough of a singles person to make Riara look good in this match. Just really just showed how weak... She, not not all of her weaknesses but it just did not make her look good uh and you know i just wanted riara to have a good performance with a good opponent that's it i wasn't asking her for be to be like this work rate machine or anything i just wanted her to have a good performance and while i think her performance was really good it just the match just had nothing to it yeah it was just a um, beat down yeah it's just how i feel about most unagi matches where it's just like there's nothing to it really um but uh you know unagi won and decided that she needed to waste more of my time by cutting like a six minute promo so yeah she, i do i did i did like her you know just kind of like asking rar you know isn't wrestling painful like but also isn't it really fun and then you know telling yuna she'd wait on her but as whenever she even threatened to challenge for the spirit of gombard title i was gonna break my phone (laughs) (laughs) as she laid out the channel to mizuki watase and she actually debuted a new finisher she adopted the sliding d which she got from masala tanaka yeah from uh, their fire festival match that's cool and then um sandwich in between this match sandwich between sandwich in between it uh she had, if she would have wrestled, let's say, like uh, Mio Momono and then the person in the next match, Miyuki Takase, that be that would those would be better opponents for Riara. I would say literally just anybody who's like a strong, like a strong pro wrestler or somebody who's like, you know, uh, experienced enough to work around her weaknesses. Like literally anybody. Like they could have dragged literally they could have even gotten Shigayo Nakashima from Marvelous that would have been a lot better than having Unaki here um it's just she needed somebody that would you know make her look good and it just wasn't here yeah, it, it just wasn't and we'll move it along here to Yoshika Hasegawa Yapi taking on Miyuki Takase former actress girls compatriots Yes, uh, whenever they were in Actress Girls, according to Mr. Haku on commentary, uh, Yapi would never want to face Miyuki in the singles because she found her scary. But now that now she wants to face her in the singles to prove that she, you know, she's not scary anymore and that, you know, she's strong now. Um, I think Yapi's had better performances this year, but I still think she did well here. Uh, Takashi just bullied her and it yeah. was it was really really fun yapi showed a lot of fight but takasi bullied her and this was uh the match where i was just like yeah the result kind of bugs me but it doesn't really because takase just doesn't win so it's fine um but um 
but I wanted Yappy to win, like, you know, because it'd be a nice story because, one, she's worked so hard, and her getting her first big win on this big stage would be good, but also it's one year after she re-debuted and announced that she was joining GonPro. So, like, it, everything was there for her to get this big moment, and it just didn't pan out, but it's fine. Like, this is going to be Takase's only singles win for the next three years, so I, I'm willing to sacrifice a little for <laughs> Takase fans because Yappy will have many singles victories in the future. Yeah, Yappy um, early on tries to trade strikes with Miyuki, and she found out that was a terrible mistake. Yeah, Yappy's had a. Yappy's style right now is very interesting. Um, cause like at first she was kind of working a similar style to what Riara's trying to work, where she's like the scrappy, uh, trap pin artist. Uh, I guess the best example I can give is like, uh, Yoshinari Ogawa back in, uh, his earlier days where he was just, you know, getting sneak pins and all that. But like this year, she's like trying to like tighten up her technical game. And, uh, like I've really enjoyed all the stuff she's did. Uh, so she's had a really interesting pivot and in style, but I th- think it works well for her. Um, she had a match with uh, Mocha Haruri on a Basement Monstar show that's just really, really good. So Yeah, they gave Yappy like a super close like 2.9 to 9 to 9 in this matchup too. Like they, they gave they you the belief. Should, they should have just gave her the 3. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, what... You know, as much as I love Miyuki, like, it, what's it going to hurt her, really, to lose here? She don't work here often enough for me to think about her stock. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> she's not like she's not like a freelancer like Hartley or Tomonaga, where they're, like, on almost every show where I have to think about what this will mean for them in the future. Yeah. Takase works occasionally here, so, like, I don't... <laughs> yeah, and um, she even beat her with any of her kill moves. She beat her with her... Leg drop. Uh, to be fair, the leg drop did like he she yeah. killed her. It was crazy. Yeah. There was a definite definitely a, a very visible size difference here as well. Yeah, oh yeah. I I was texting Ash and I was like, Takase looks like Andre the Giant compared to Yappy. She just jacked yeah. gigantic. Um But I you know, hey. I for what it's worth, I, I'm cool with Takase winning. I think it'll just add to Yappy's story. Hopefully, her first win will either be at a Quirk or on a Ganja show. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, I I do want to see her do this kind of thing more, where it's like former Actress Girls people that she used to work with. She has a match, singles matches yes. with them. I hope they bring more in. Like you have Shimizu, Saki. You know, there's plenty of people there. Sok, she's facing Saki on the Ganja show this month. All right. So that's one. That's dope. Saki's invaded another company that I'll watch. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> can't, uh, can't escape. Yeah, but uh, I mean, uh, Amakura, Amakura works every month. She's just not Amakura when she usually works. So, I mean, they can do that whenever. Yeah, it'll be fun. I hope that this Acris Girl saga for her continues. But um, we'll move it over to the, was it three on three? Six man. Right. It was Jinchiro yes, Tomonaga, uh, Shota yeah. Akito versus Keisuke Ishii, Shigeru Irie, and Soma Takao. Yeah, we had uh, n- another Team Drift reunion. Uh, Team Drift, uh, aka Team Dream Futures, was uh, Soma Takao, Shigeru Irie, and Keisuke Ishii in DDT. They were touted as the future that would be DDT. And it's funny because, like, all of them but Soma have left DDT. Uh, and even then, Soma works more a lot of gone for so he's basically one of us. So, um, but it's always good to see a team drift because uh, they are just magic together. Uh, it just and it's just it's incredible because like Soma, it's Soma's one of those wrestlers where it's very obvious when he's not trying and not interested, and it's like when he teams with Team Drift, he's just a different wrestler. He's just so much he's full of life and it's just he's like really really entertaining i i, I love team drift uh i love uh the move that uh kaisuke she does where he picks up somebody in a fireman's carry and drops them on the shigahiro Irie's head <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, god shiggy's so fucking cool i love shiggy um but there was a really really good uh opening sequence with 
Tomonaga and Kaisuke Ishii, and it reminded me of one of my favorite Gambari matches like ever uh, in the Gambari climax. Uh, it was a Shinkiba first ring show, like in the opening round, where uh, Tomonaga and Ishii had a match, uh, a first round match, and it went, I think, it went like under eight minutes, and it was just fast paced all throughout, and it was so good. Uh, so I love that they started off with that. Um, Shota looked good here. Loved with Shota. Uh, like I said, I think it's interesting that Romance Dawn hasn't teamed together since uh, dropping the uh, tournament match to uh, Takaya Lenny and Minari. Uh, I think it's an interesting wrinkle. Um, so that and Akido making his uh, Gone Pro debut. Uh, love Akido. Uh, would like to see him more in Gone Pro since, uh, you know, it, I don't want to say he's not doing much in DDT because he's always, you know, at least in the mix somewhat it's just that he doesn't really want to you know win the world title because you know he's like a vp or whatever uh of cyber fight uh as where here in gompro he could just you know win the sog title be fine <laughs> okay um you know he's like there's guys like him you know soma's already working on pro but Someone like Akido, I'd like to have him in Gompro, you know, at least semi-regularly since he's not doing much in DDT and doesn't really seem that that's going to change. Yeah, it'll help, like, show up the ranks, too, in the division. Yeah, it, it'll bolster the roster um, in Gompro, plus I I just think it'd be neat if Akido had a SOG run. It'd be nice. Yeah, I did like the, uh, when they did the, the green features, when they did, like, the pendulum blackout. Where they had uh yes. Eerie run through and tip them over. Yeah. I I love God love Team Dream Futures. So good. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was so fun. Like you they you see me like, yeah, it's gonna be tight. Yeah. Uh Kaisuke Ishii gets the win. Uh this was a really, really good six man match. It made me miss the GWC six man titles so much, uh, the Gompro used to have because this is one of those Gone Pro Six Mans where it's like, God, it's this is so good. I love this company. Uh, highly recommend for anybody who hasn't seen the show to check this one out. Yeah, definitely. This is a lot of fun. I wrote down uh, Shota with his gear. He looks like he's a member of Skyrex from ARG. He has <laughs> yeah, the flight his, uh, jumpsuit. <laughs> yeah. And he had like the full, like he even had like the EG, the Eddie shout out on it too. That was cool. Yeah, I, I don't know what happened to his uh, Shota Guerrero gear, but he's wearing the uh, jumpsuit for now. Yeah, And then next match was the scramble for the Spirit of Gombari Tag Team Championships, number one contendership. Mm-hmm. It was Kenoka and Kumura Rashi versus Yuki Kanzaki, Tsuyoshi Okada versus Haruka Umikaze, Haruka Umikaze, Harukaze and Hartley Jackson versus Daiki Shimomura and Minoru Fujita. Yeah, yeah, so this is one of those matches that just kind of got added, and I was like, oh, they just need to get everybody on the card. (laughs) That's that's fine. Uh, Kumar Rashi showed up in Gonpro about uh, last month, actually, and announced that he wanted to form a tag team with Kanoka, uh, which I I was for, but I was just excited to have Kumar Rashi in Gonpro because I love Kumar Rashi. Um... Harkaze and Hartley Jackson have formed this uh, odd ball tag team that has quickly become a fan favorite. They actually had literally one of my favorite matches of the year uh, on a Watase's produced show at Basement Monstar that had a singles that was really, really good. Um, Kanzaki's a Makai guy, uh, like a Haganishino and um, Hikaru Shida, uh, who's teased. Started working a few Gone Pro shows like last year, but now he's starting to work more regularly, which I think he he can possibly be really good. So it's good. Um, and Siyoshi Okada's got another guy who was a part of the Katsumura Army last year um, in Gone Pro last year and the year before technically. Uh, and he just stopped working shows for whatever reason. I don't know what he does. I don't know if he's got a main company or whatever, but now he's, you know, back working more shows, so uh, I'm always glad to see him. And uh, Minoru Fujita and Daiki Shimomura are in a stable with Isami Kodaka and Basura, and they're the interim Iron Fist Tag Champions in Basura. So I had, you know, I thought they possibly could win, but once the elimination rules were announced, I was like, okay, they can get around this, but even then, I stubborn-headedly picked Lethal Weapon, Harakaze, and Hartley Jackson just because I was just like, yeah, they probably just win. You went with the, you went with the heart also pick. Also because, 
Yeah, I went with the heart pick, and it was the right pick because I even said whenever reviewing, I was like, Kumarashi's going to turn on Kenoka. Like, if you... The sh the one show they teamed up on prior to this, it was, like, so apparent that Arashi was going to turn on Kenoka just by his, like, mannerisms and how he looked during Ken Kenoka's entrance. You could even see it here if you only saw this match. It just looked like he, he was going to eventually turn on him. I didn't think it'd be so soon, but I did call him turning on him, and I also did call Kumara uh, not Kumarashi, uh, Kochi Doi showing up and them teaming, which so excited to talk about but uh as far as the match goes um i had a lot of fun watching it i i didn't you know it wasn't anything crazy work rate or anything it was just something fun uh it was a it was a little the weapon showcase because harakaze and hartley got like all the eliminations in the match so <laughs> that was crazy they like clean sweep this whole match so. <laughs> yeah as, as soon as the match started too like when they had the all four in the ring the crowd was immediately behind harakaze like it wasn't even a question who they're rooting for yes yes uh Harakaze is an enigma for a lot of people, but Harakaze is really great whenever she gets to do what she's best at, and that's being the underdog you want to cheer for. Um, so when Kuma turned, I was like, oh, that was quicker than I was expecting. I thought they were going to drag it out a little bit, um, but, you know, I'm fine with it. Uh, it means whatever. Uh, Harakaze got a pin on Kanoka, which was sick, so they're challenging for the tag titles next, and, you know, yeah, they did Maybe that sweet ass. Uh, they did that lawn dart power bomb too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Harakaze had a or not Harakaze. Uh, Harley Jackson had somebody in like a back suplex and just tossed him into Harakaze, who caught him in like a liger bomb. I was like, "What is this? Yeah. <laughs> this is crazy. This is the coolest shit I've ever seen." I was like, I was like, God, this tag team rolls. They should probably be the champs. <laughs> <laughs> it was too cool too. When they, uh, after uh, Kuma, when he turned on. Kenoka, uh, when Harukazu was lining up for the spirit, the, you yep. know, the crowd was yep. like so fired up. They were like, yes, it's time. They did not care that <laughs> Kenoka got turned on. They didn't care until after that they did the beat down because they were like ready. And Harukazu won, so that's good. Um, but yeah, uh, Kumarashi basically he, he just said to Kenoka that he's the one telling Ganbar, people to Ganbari and do their best, but he's not been doing his best uh, along the lines like that, and then you know, Coach Doi, his usual tag partner, shows up and they meet down, uh, Kenoka. And at this point, I got really fired up because I love Doi Kuma, I love the Wrestle One stuff, I love the stuff in all Japan they did. I was really fired up, these are like two of my favorite wrestlers, so I was very excited to see that they're going to be in Gonpro regularly now. Um, uh, you know, they put on their tag team shirts and basically said, uh, consider the invasion started. Um, I don't know what they mean by that necessarily. I don't know if it'll just be them or if they have other people they're going to bring with them. I mean, they technically could do like a PPP Tokyo thing since they already booked Ichika and Marika and the uh, really hairy guy from PPP Tokyo. I forgot his name. Uh, if they wanted to do that as their little like click, they could. But I mean, there's definitely, you know, some X Wrestle 1 guys they have connections with. They could probably book, you know, on the freelance scene. Um... Or maybe it'll just be those two. If it's just those two, I'm cool with that too. But, you know, I have to assume there'll be more of them. So they're just not doing strictly two-on-twos. Um, I mean, this honestly gave me a lot more to be excited about than the main event. <laughs> um, just because uh, Doi Kumar are such high-caliber professional wrestlers and a high-caliber tag team. And it's just crazy to think that, you know, they are in Gone Pro because it's just like, wow, that... It's insane because, you know, they went to like uh, all Japan tag tag league final like two years ago. Um, so, you know, excited to have them um, interested to see what this story goes to. Obviously, they're going to get the tag belts at some point, but I don't know what this, what direction the story is going to take. Uh, yeah. At least for now, they're going to be kept busy with Kenoka. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like, I don't know what direction the story is going to take because right now they're just targeting Kenoka. I don't know if it'll branch off into other stuff or anything which is good i uh keep me guessing um i think only good things will come from this though so uh excited to see how the rest of the year shapes up with uh doi kuma and gone pro yeah and then you had uh during the match at least they set up nakuma and hartley they had their, their big man spots together god that was so good i need them to have a singles <laughs> <laughs> they'll literally tear the house down I can't wait for Doi Kuma versus Lethal Weapon because Kochi Doi is going to go for that lariat and take Horikazi's head off. And it's going to be crazy. It'll be even funnier, too, if like he does it too high and he just misses. 
Because he's so short. <laughs> <laughs> he just whips. Oh, God. And then after this, it was like a intermission, right? Brief intermission? Before yes, it was a brief intermission because uh, Doi Kuma did like their backstage thing or whatever. Um, so. And they showed like it, it, a VTR for uh, Imanari and Ellen. Yeah. I love the VTRs in Gone Pro, especially when Imanari's involved because he does the VTR. So anytime he has mm-hmm. a match, he just makes himself look really good. Mm-hmm. I was talking to oh, um, yeah. Sandre, mm-hmm. right? The. Uh-huh. One of the dramatic dream guys. We were talking about Imanari, and it's like he doesn't get enough respect because he he does have the the pheromone stink on him. And but if that's all you've ever seen of him, you would like you you just of course that's what you're gonna no, think about him. Yeah. No, that's 100 percent the case. Just because DDT is a bigger company than Gonpro. Yes. Yeah. So he, everybody sees the DDT stuff. They're not seeing his stuff in Gonpro. Mm-hmm. He's genuinely one of the best babyface wrestlers in the world. And, mm-hmm. you know, this match further solidifies the statement. Yeah. And if um, you haven't seen him before, real quick, sorry. Um, if you haven't seen mm-hmm. him before, not next to uh, his Paramount's teammates, he's actually a pretty sizey individual. Yeah. He's, he's a big guy. Yeah. Um, even though he's like you know short, he's a junior heavyweight, but he's still a pretty you know beefy guy. Um, he had honestly just go watch all his Spirit of Gambari title run. It's all really good, uh, especially the Irie match. Uh, the match where he won the belt from Takai was also really good. Uh, he has a lot of really good matches. He had a match with Great Sasuke at a cork, and it was really good. Uh, all in this past year plus. So you should, if you've never seen him outside of DDT, you should watch all that. Mm-hmm. Um, this match, I actually. Oh, go ahead. No, I was gonna say it. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but um, if I'm not mistaken, he only lost it because he had to vacate the title, right? No, he lost it to Hartley. Okay. Um, Hartley challenged after Irie like beat the brakes off of him, and then you know uh, Hartley beat him. Okay. Um, Appreciate it. Thank yeah. You. Um, yeah, no problem. Um, but this match, I was very skeptical about. Uh, whenever we previewed it, because both of these guys, their strength is being the underdog babyface. So I had no idea who you had not be the face and take the heel route and control the match. But they correctly went with Lindemann because Lindemann's a little shithead. Um, and it was perfect because once Lindemann started, you know, egging it on, like, yo, where's your spirit? All this. And, you know, started really going at Imanari. Imanari pulls out one of the best babyface performances you will see all year. And I will say that with full confidence. I don't think there's anybody in any major wrestling company this year that's had as good as a good of a babyface performance as Imanari has here. It is just really, really, really good. Uh, Imanari literally fights tooth and nail to, you know, just come away with the victory here. He gives it everything he has. Because mm. in the VTR, it was you were talking about Otani telling Lindemann about the spirit of Gombari, right? Yes. He uh, showed up with Irie when Irie challenged Imanari and watched the match. Mm. Uh, that's where his uh, admiration for Imanari came, is seeing him versus Irie, because Irie is a strong cards guy. Um, but yeah... Um, and like Imanari showed his spirit and what makes Gone Pro special because he literally gave it everything he had. Even he went down more than swinging. He went down scrapping, fighting. Literally gave it everything he had. Um, it literally, I can't put into words how good this performance was. Uh, he just would not give up. And like in the last sequence where last sequences where he looked like he had a chance, he just started throwing bombs and. He really gave you hope that he was going to, you know, beat Elenda He was going to beat the All Japan World Junior Champion. He was going to beat this big name wrestler from Strong Hearts from Great. Um, it's a nasty lariat that I posted on my Twitter on Lindemann. When Lindemann comes out the ropes, it's just, this is just a really, really good match. This is the match that got my match of the night honors, in case anybody's wondering. Um, it slightly edges out the uh, tag match for me just because of Minari's performance here. It was really, really good. Oh, this match was incredible. Um, in particular, with uh, Imanari, he, well, first of all, like, Lindemann, when he came out, like, he just, if he wrestled, like, if he stopped, he would die. That's what it felt like. If, Basically, yeah. Like, if Lindemann stopped moving, he was going to die. And then he did, like, this insane plancher where he got, like, so much distance, and he, Yuri kept getting caught in the crossfire. Yeah. <laughs> she kept getting hit. And it didn't matter, like, even, no matter how many times Imanari would, like, get a hit or slow Lindemann down, it, it was just right back to it. 
Yeah, it's just it's just let him in control the match, and then mm-hmm. eventually that spirit possessed him Minari, and he just kept slug slugging and almost came away with the win. Yeah, that uh, that slingshot he did when he wheelbarrowed him into the back of the back of the head into the ropes. That was mm-hmm. that shit was nasty. Yeah, it was like they after the match they showed like a big it was a big show of respect. Um, yeah, the more I watch Gombari, the more I get accustomed to it. The more I like the concept of the spirit of Gombari. It's not just like the name of the yes. championship. Like it's an actual thing that all these yes. people embody in this company. You have to embody that spirit in order to succeed in the company. Yeah, it's the, from Unim- from Unimonase to Hartley Jackson to Imanari to Yuri. You know, everybody has it. Yes, that's one. Thing. If you don't have it, if you don't have it, there's like no way you can succeed in this company. And the one of the big things for Yuri and Yaki, whenever they started their rises, they have to, you know, although they're you know fully all in on God Pro, they gotta, you know, show that spirit and show that you know they embody the spirit of Gombari, that they can take that next level and help raise this company up you know, doing their absolute best. And that's a big thing for the company is embodying the spirit. Like you, I mean, of course, wrestling matters, but it's more so being integrated into the idea and philosophy that is the spirit of Ron Bari that you are meant to succeed this way. Oh, of course, definitely. It is. Aminari definitely embodies that. And we'll move on to the spirit of Ron Bari tag team championship matches. Tokyo, Wada, and Shuchiro Katsumura versus Tensai Punch Drunkers, Tyson Meguchi, and Hikaru Sato. Yes, uh, this this was like the only match I was kind of like 50-50 on as far as big matches. I was like, man, they could go either way here because I love Hikaru Sato uh, so much, but he's not as accessible for us as Takuya Wada is because Sato is literally all over the place place he wrestles in Tenryu project he wrestles practically every all japan show um so like he's he's a busy busy man so um although my gucci has really earned this tag title run because he's just been excellent this year and has improved so much since he first got to gone pro um it, it just made more sense in my head to have wada and katsumura win the title because not only is Wada more accessible than Sato, but Kasumura is actually a signed Gonpro guy and definitely deserves this big win on this big stage. Uh, this match is like strictly for if you really like shoot style wrestling, this match is for you. If you don't, if that's not really your thing, if you don't like shoot style wrestling, um, it's probably not going to hit as much for you as it did for me. Uh, because even like the s- sequences where they were like grappling on the ground once they got to the peak of the match and they were just slugging it out like at one point Kazumura like kicks Maiguchi in the throat like once we get to that part <laughs> it just starts getting really good um I also think that Takiya Wada is uh, a really good wrestler the transition from MMA to pro wrestling uh, I think all these guys, you know, are, I mean, even though, you know, Mike Gucci's a kickboxer, but same thing. Uh, Mike Gucci's uh, transition took a little bit longer than the others, but uh, I think all of them have transitioned very, very well, and they're all really good. Uh, I, at first I had reservations about this being the tag title match for Oda Ward, but I think they delivered with the pressure they had on them. And uh, once Cosmore got the win, it was, it garnished a big reaction because once again, this is a gun pro guy, so. Oh yeah, and when the match started, like you can you could just definitely feel the tension between these two. And Sato is a guy that I'm more familiar with, like his comedy stuff. Like I see him in like the Virgin yeah. Killer sweater and stuff like that. I remember watching him <laughs> back in the day teaming with um, shit. Who's the dude that hangs out with Kenny? Oh, Michael Nakazawa. Yeah, not him and Nakazawa when they were doing their tag team stuff back in the day. Yeah, uh, Katsumura yeah. wins. He had a. Uh, Makes Tyson tap out with a stretch muffler omoplata combo. Yeah, uh, it, it was a crazy hold that it hurt me to watch. <laughs> oh yeah, he had him twi- twist up like a pretzel. But, uh, but uh, hey, I I'm glad that they went with the uh, Watson Katsumura, and we are never getting these tag belts. <laughs> Just keep the cups. Just call them the Spirit of Gomberry Cup. 
I would prefer us to have a belt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, now that we're here at the the tag team title match, how long do you think they hold them before Harukaze and Hartley get them? Well, they're the first challengers, so I don't know. Yeah, because this is only, this is only v, they've only had V one right for Sato and Tyson. Yes, uh, they beat the foreigner team. Another team, yeah, they just beat the foreigner team. Um, if they beat the uh, lethal weapon, um, I don't know. There's many different. There's a lot of tag teams in Gompro, so there's many different routes they can go. Um, I mean, I really don't know because I, I mean, it, I, I mean, it depends how long Doikuma are going to be busy with Kenoka because. I could ideally see them just winning the belts. However, if they're going to be busy with them for a while, I'd probably just give it to Kaisuke and Tomonaga. I'd probably go them next. Uh, I mean, I don't know. It, it really depends. Uh, but before they drop, I would have uh, Ancham and Yuri challenge just because I think that would match up well. So. Oh, yeah, that'd be a lot of fun seeing Ancham do her thing like that. Anshan Makatsumura is going to bring this genre of pro wrestling back. So Real grabs. The main event was Spirit of Gombari World Openweight Championship. Isami Kodaka versus Mizuki Watase. You see, okay. The last, like, three, four minutes of this match was really, really good. And if the entire match was more so like that and... Isami Kodaka and Gonpro wrestled more like that in that last three minutes than his grappling, limb targeting, arm, limb work. I would be more open to him as champion. But with that being said, other than those last three to four minutes, I just did not care about this match other than Watase whenever he would get his hope spots because Watase is so good. Um... Which that lies into the issue. I do I do think this title win isn't just, you know, another belt for Kodaka. I, I read some of his posts on Twitter he's made since winning the title. And this seems something that it seems like something that's very valuable to him. Uh at first, like in the lead up, he said that this title would be a pass for him to continue to participate in Gonfro. And I was like, Okay, then what Basra belt do we have to win to take away that pass and have you stop? competing in a con pro <laughs> um no but um this belt this is win does mean a lot to him uh he takes very good pride in being an independent wrestler uh and he even he even said that uh upon winning it that you know he it, it's just something that means a lot to him um so it, it just because it does mean a lot to him. It, 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 it sucks that I'm going to have to dress him down for winning this title, and you know, and I don't like it, but um, there's just a lot of things. Just I'm not really interesting in, interested in a long Kodaka run. Um, plus, you know, Watase losing in the main event on the biggest stage to an outsider is indeed a choice, but... Um, you know, it, it it is what it is. It it happened. Um, interested to see what the end goal for this Kodaka run is, because genuinely I don't know. Uh, interested to see who this first challenger will be. Um, there's there's a lot of questions. Uh, wonder what Watase does next. There's just more questions than answers right now. Which, if anything, that's a bright spot. Um, because I don't know what's gonna happen. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, it, like I said, the last three minutes was really, really fun. But if I had to, you know, recommend some matches, it, it, this wouldn't be one of them. I would just tell you, like, skips like the last three to four minutes and you know, let it ride out. Okay, yeah, so it's like it's still up in the air, like, there's it's a lot of mystery surrounding what they do next with uh, Kodaka, yeah, that's like the only fascinating part about this run for me. Um, hopefully this run for him is used to elevate somebody. Uh, I have no interest in seeing a repeat champion. Like, Watase could just get it back, but I, I don't want to see that. 
uh, I want them to go for a first time, first time SOG champ, or uh, so I don't want I don't want Oka to win it because a big thing that you know Kodaka noted was that Ganbari has become more than just Ken Oka's fed, uh, which in a positive manner, uh, as in like people like Watase have led the company to the point where they're more than just Ken Oka's fed. I mean, they have the positives of Oka, but um, of Oka's influence, but every this company is its own thing. Yeah, it's more than just Ken Oka now. Like, he's relinquished the, well, let's say, it's not Choco, but like, he ha- doesn't have the responsibility anymore of he has to carry Gombari. Yes. Uh, that's not the case anymore. It's literally anybody, anybody can carry it now. Um, like I said, coming out of this, there's more questions than answers, and I think that's a positive more than anything. Um, I thought the show was really good. I thought it was better than last year's. However, like I said, I think the aspect of there being so much mystery around it, I think that's the best selling point possible for people wanting to continue to watch GonPro. Yeah, GonPro is a place that, um, like when I asked you to do the show, I watch it sparingly sometimes but it's always it's always places intriguing me like i've been interested in things that they're doing i just never had the time to actually sit down and watch it yeah i mean that's the case for a lot of people because i mean i mean once again they're not a big company but i watch every show i mean there's gonna there's some hidden gems there's some matches that you wish you didn't watch this it's like every other wrestling company yeah everything like not everything's gonna be 100 percent. but do they have the card their next card up first Seven sixteen. Mm, I believe they do. I can pull it up for a second. Um, thing is, they don't have a lot of big shows. Like sometimes they'll do SOG defenses on like smaller shows because they don't run a lot of big shows. Um, I know they run uh, the basement a lot too. That's a place. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they have a show technically. Is this a seven sixteen show? No, seven seventeen. Uh Dory Kuma has their first tag in Gompro against Kenoka and Shoto on seven seventeen. I think that's the only thing. Oh, uh Imanari and uh Yapi face Hartley and Harakaze also uh coming up. But I think that's all that's been announced for now. Both of those should be able to fun. Well, actually, I think it's on their website. Uh, usually they post like full cards on the actual, you know, um, Twitter, like with the graphics and all that. But I guess since it's just the fallout, I, I just didn't really bother for it. But I'll click the link and see what's happening here. They're also running a lot of shows. Um, I think it's next month. I think they have like five five shows next month. Um. Yeah, so Kenoka, Shoda versus Doikuma, Karsuke Ishii, Mizuki Watase, and Munatatsu Nakamura versus Shicho Katsumura, Sama Takao, and who is this? Hiroya? Oh, um, it's some new guy that hasn't participated in Gonpro before. Uh, Shinichiro Tomonaga versus Makigo, who apparently is an active deep champion. I guess it's an indie. Um... Yamahito Minari and Yapi versus Hartley Jackson and Harakaze. Uh, Tyson Maiguchi versus Yuki Kanzaki and Yuri versus Riara. Okay, cool. It should be a lot that's of all on uh, July 17th. Yeah, that's, that's a better card than I was expecting. It's a really nice card for um, a smaller show. And then um, Yuri's, defense, Yuri's challenge is on the 16th, right? For Ice Ribbon? If I'm not mistaken. I think so. We'll see if she blew out there. Uh, she should just because that'd make me very happy. Yeah, we we will rejoice on the bird. But yeah, thank you for coming on. It was a lot of fun. It was um, thank you for helping me helping me get more insight on the promotion as we went to the card. Oh no problem. Uh, there's like I said, it's I mean for the most part it's pretty easy to follow because I mean if you just jump into a show you should be able to understand what's going on pretty quickly um but i mean there's you know still history in these matches that some people don't know um there's still there's like some history in gone pro that i don't know but you know whatever i do know i hope to share to everybody so yeah, that's another reason why i started a monthly roundup podcast 
I appreciate it once again. Is there anything you want to shout out? Uh, nothing really. Um, uh, Starters Press Podcast on Spotify and Apple. That's where you'll find my regular podcast along with the monthly Gone Pro Roundups. You should, uh, you know, go show love to those. Um, I do some writing at a plus word on prowrestling.com as well as the five star network. That's where a lot of my stuff has been coming out and a lot of other things. Honestly, just follow me on Twitter at Xaviaisms with three eyes and you will see all the content that I post. Uh, but that's really all I got to plug. I don't I don't plug a lot, but that's so. Yeah, just go follow me and, you know, show love to the podcast. <laughs> all right. Thank you for coming on. Thank you guys for listening and we'll catch you guys next time.